Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Unsung Podcast, the show that explores the forgotten people throughout history. Uh, We explore people that are good, bad, and just outright remarkable. The most interesting people throughout history whose names you probably aren't familiar with, and even if you are, you likely don't know the full story. I like to think of it as people whose lives could be made into a biopic or a movie. Uh, the people that have been kind of just forgotten throughout time. And I'm your host, Ryan, and with me now, and as always... <laughs> it's Levi. As always, <laughs> as, as always, baby, from the first, From the first... From the first breath minute. to the end of time. <laughs> so the structure of the show goes like this. Levi is just like the rest of you, and he... Hello. <laughs> ...doesn't know... Uh, anything about these people yeah. at least not that I'm aware of going into this and I've done all the research so I'm going to be telling the stories of these people and Levi will be along for the ride with the rest of you um, so it should hopefully be a nice fun old please time please keep your hands and feet inside the podcast at, at all, all times, times. Yeah. That's, the kind of, <laughs> that's the kind of guy we're working with and that's so the top tier comedy you'll be getting that's, here that's, that's, on, on so uh yeah, so for the next um, several weeks, we'll be putting out episodes twice a week on these different interesting people from all of history. Like I said, good people and bad people. Uh, I'm trying to get as much of a diverse group as I can together for this. And it's hard to find a lot of these forgotten people because there's usually a reason they're forgotten. So a lot of documents on their lives are missing. <laughs> and so you got to do some serious digging to figure out the, the real stuff, especially on like childhood and all that. So today we're going to be exploring the life, the life of uh, a woman whose name we are still figuring out how to pronounce. <laughs> we believe is Zheng Shi, spelled like Ching Shi, but um, we looked up the the pronunciation of it. And we think <laughs> it's Zheng. We think it's Zheng Shi. We're fairly confident in Zheng Shi. <laughs> yes, and that's all I know about it. <laughs> that's all he knows so far. Well, Levi, here's the story of Zheng Shi. Zheng Shi was born in the year 1775 in a city called Guangdong. Now, I don't know if I said that right either, but every website uh, and article I read about her next to Guangdong in parentheses, it says Canton. I don't know why. I guess that's just another name for the city is Canton. Um, perhaps it's modern day name is Canton. That's what I would assume. And when she was born there, it was called Guangdong. Sure. Uh, but it's a city in China. And in, she was born there under the, uh, it's the Qing Dynasty, uh, which is Q-U-I-N-G. We don't know the pronunciation of that exactly either. Uh, but it was a very you think powerful. You know dynasty. this after you've been researching this. Person. I don't. I don't do pronunciations. Yeah. I just do. I just do the words. Okay. So she was born in Guangdong under this dynasty. Both of her parents died when she was really young, and no one really knows the story of what they died of. Uh, but when they died, she was left poor and all alone, and she doesn't have any family or siblings. So she's just this little street orphan, basically. In all of her twists in China, all of her twists as a Chinese woman. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so most of her childhood involved Oliver Twist type stuff because she was going around pickpocketing and stealing food, just living on the streets, surviving on her own. And as a teenager, she learned that she could make a lot of money as a prostitute. So at this time, prostitution was like at a peak in world history, uh, especially over in China. It was a huge market for it over there, and she could make a pretty good, pretty good living off of it. 
So she kind of became famous in the region because of her personality at the time. So she was so street smart, having grown up from such a young age that she actually, she became pretty well known for how like her intelligence and she was really, she had a business acumen is how many people described her. She was really like business oriented. Uh, And it even got to a point where she was in such high demand that she was often sleeping with like really important figures in the society. And it got to a point where she was actually trading secrets between members of like the upper class at that time. So a lot of important mm-hmm. figures, like people in government, and then the di- like the, from the dynasty and other officials, she would they, they, people would pay her to go have sex with other people and get their secrets and then trade them back and forth, and it, it was pretty fascinating. So she be- basically became a prostitute spy at a pretty young age as a teenager. Not the worst gig. No, no. <laughs> well, maybe she spent a few years uh, working on what was called a floating brothel, which was. A boat full of prostitutes in China, in her what? local town. Yeah, it was a big old, it was a ship. It was just oh a ship God. for prostitutes. They called them floating brothels. So uh, people would go out there, and the ships would travel around a lot. They weren't anchored, so they would float around. And because she was such a high-profile prostitute at the time, they would be like, "Oh, here comes like the the floating brothel with Ching Shi on it." So like they would know, like, "Oh, it's coming to town." Like kind of like a show coming to town. So they could all get on the huh. floating brothel. Yeah. Um, and on this brothel, the particular one she was on, this gentleman came on and his name was f- different from uh, Shing. His name was Shang. So instead of C-H-I-N-G, it's C-H-E-N-G. So just to keep this, her name's Shang Shi. His name is Shang Yi. <laughs> Very to, good. Just Very to good. clarify. Yeah. That might complicate the story a bit. <laughs> well, he, Shang, Perfect. Shang was a well-known pirate from a long family lineage of respected and feared pirates. So this guy's from just, you know, he's like the bushes of pirates or the mannings of pirates. Is it Shang or Xing? He's Shang. She's Xing. (laughs) You're talking about him right now. I'm talking about him. He's from a a lineage of pirates. Well, he comes aboard this floating brothel and he fell in love. He slept with uh, Xing and they fell in love. Well, he fell in love with her rather. And, uh, right, she did it for money. Yeah, and he cited specifically, there's a, a passage in his journal citing how cunning and intelligent she was. Okay. <clears throat> and normally pirates would just capture these people and force them into marriage or just rape and pillage. Uh, instead, because he had so much respect for her, he actually proposed to her, which was a big deal coming from a pirate. Um, he basically was giving her the option, quote unquote, to marry her by proposing. Well, at 26 years old, Shang did agree to marry him um, after several denials. And it was only under the condition that she would be <laughs> allowed to oversee half of his pirate fleet. Okay. Yeah. So she was. Did he propose on the floating brothel? Yeah. Or? He came onto the, the story goes that he showed up with his pirates and they, it, I picture it like a big group of pirates showing up into like a strip club type thing. Right. And, and they're all having a great time, but he like goes up and finds the one that he's looking for and he gets on his knee and proposes. I don't know how it really went down, but the story so goes. Like that, instead of a shotgun wedding, it's like a cannonball wedding. <laughs> is that? That's, <laughs> that's what we're working with folks. That's there he is. <laughs> a zinger. <laughs> he, uh, <laughs> yeah, I guess it was a big show, like a big scene, though. All the everyone was watching when he did it, and she, in front of everybody, uh, 
challenged him basically and was like, I'll marry you, but only if I can have half of your pirate fleet and not have it that he wants. She wanted to co-own it with him. So she wanted to share the experience. Okay. And so she did and it worked out and uh, Ching would go on to adopt Chang's son and they would have two kids of their own. So that's just three kids total. Three kids total. I think they okay. even had more down the line. Um, what were their names? You know, I don't, I, don't <laughs> I, I can find, I could find that. I just Since you're doing so well with the, the pronunciation so far. So these two are together. Uh, she's a real smart, street smart local woman. And he's a very powerful, well-known, respected pirate. Uh, now they're pirating around together. The couple kind of used that dynamic. <clears throat> pirating around. Yeah, they're pirating. They use their dynamic <laughs> to combine a lot of this, uh. the local fleets, the small little pirate people, kind of like, I, I don't know. Just little local gangs, basically. Okay. And then also his his rival pirate army, they were able to come together and become this supreme naval power, essentially. Uh, and it became really a formidable of coalition. Like the, All the like local more pirates. More powerful than the Chinese Navy? Or like what? It- uh, at one point, they get there. Uh, they get there. Well, yeah, we'll get to that. Is there a Chinese Navy? I'm not. Well, so this is under a dynasty. So here's what, what happens. The coalition got really big. And they decided they needed a way to recognize each other because there were so many people in this pirate fleet that they were actually yeah. having like <laughs> unknown civil wars. Like they didn't know that they were fighting each other because oh, so they were on this. Okay, they ended up they were like on the same yeah. team, but they ended up yeah, like friendly fire type stuff. Didn't they have like a pirate flag that matched or something? Yes, yeah, so, yes. Wow, look at that. <laughs> they did. They what? went with pirate flags. Uh, oh, <laughs> yeah, they did. Yeah. And it was, uh, they got red flags, matching red flags. So they became the red Aww. flag fleet. And, you know, it, sk- it spooks me because I picture in my head just an enormous. Well, here's the thing they had 800 ships at the time. So it's, an, it's a fleet of 800 Jesus. ships traveling around, all with these dark blood. <laughs> they had blood red God. sheets because um, they wanted to intimidate people. So yeah, you have these, yeah, that'll, that'll and it's all, it, yeah. all male pirates. Uh, run by a woman and a man and she's hmm. angry Chinese men on these giant red fleets. So they're sailing around. Uh, Ching and her husband, they they made fortunes uh, specifically targeting British ships and Portuguese ships. I don't know why those ships in particular, but that's who they kept targeting. It must have been easy for them. And they were making a ton of money at this time and they were a serious threat to a lot of these militaries, but no one really took initiative to stop them because they were so intimidating and formidable. Uh, but things suddenly changed for them on the date of November 16th, 1807. So on this day, there was a big old typhoon going on. And Ching and Ching, Zing, rather, uh, were on this yeah. ship in the middle of the typhoon. And Zhang goes mysteriously missing and uh, disappeared mm. from the ship totally. No one ever saw him again. Well, it was a ship that he was sharing with Jing, and there were a lot of other crew on it. Uh, but Jing claims that he probably fell off during the storm, but there are a lot of sources from the ship that claim she probably killed him. <laughs> yeah. A lot of He's people, the only one who got lost? He was the only one that went missing. So, like, she was just <clears throat> trying to take her whole ship, so she'd be well, the only one in charge Well, there were people from other ships I read that did go missing during this typhoon, but he was the only one from their specific ship. Right, And there are a lot of people that conspire, have a conspiracy that she did it. And the reason was obviously to take control of the entire Yeah, full field. ownership. Yeah, full ownership. 
And she was kind of better than 50. If you look at her history before that, she was basically a con artist. Dude, she was in it for the long con since the beginning, since the floating brothel. It was a long con. Since the falafel. Since the falafel. The falafel. (laughs) Well, so after he dies, what normally would happen is that their son would assume control over the fleet. Right. Uh, but Jing wouldn't allow it. And instead she maintained her position because she was more respected by the other pirates. The son who was like, if you want to call him like a prince in a way, the prince pirate boy, no one really mm-hmm. liked him. Um, he did end up having a lot of power over the, the people, but he was pretty much a second in command behind his mama. Uh, Jing, <laughs> Jing was definitely in control of this thing. Good. Yeah. Yeah. Hashtag feminism. Yeah. This is a very, well, it gets even more empowering. So she takes over. Uh, oh, it does get weird. She marries her son. This is her, her stepson. Wait. Yeah. Wait. <laughs> yeah. She marries uh, Shang's, Shang's son. Shang's son. She marries. Part of it had so to not do. not by blood, but just super weird. Yeah. She wasn't really allowed to have control unless she was still married in. Like as a widow, okay. she wouldn't be able to. So she married her stepson. And they actually, I believe, had a child oh. together too. I know. Oh, come I on. know. I know. But, um, <laughs> oh, pirates, man. I know. But it was able to give her control of everything. So it was a long con, you know. At this point, she takes over and she changes everything. She, acts, she enacts a strict code of laws on the crew. So I'm going to read some of these codes, the first main four rules to you. Rule no number- stealing the booty. Well, yeah, actually. No, no breaking the plank. <laughs> the poop deck. Comedy gold, poop ladies and gentlemen. Gold. Rule number one. Yeah. Uh, my favorite rule, personally. Anyone who disobeys her orders is beheaded on the spot. So that's just <laughs> the first. That's just the. Does she the, do it or she has, does she have a right hand She man probably has somebody do it for speed. her. But uh, yeah, there were stories of her actually doing it. Um so With yeah, they're cutlass or like you did, just had to do. You just had to axe? do. I don't know. Probably a sword, a pirate sword, I'd imagine. A cutlass, I think. Is that what they call that? I would, cutlass maybe she did with her, her hook, her scimitar? hook hand. Her hook. Did she have a hook hand? No, unfortunately. Nah, no, yeah, yeah. Uh, number two, nobody is to steal. <laughs> nobody is to steal from the public fund. So they kept. Fair. She kept a public fund of all the money that they stole. And used that as right. Like, yeah, <laughs> she can't steal from my stolen money. Right. Yeah. She's like, you guys can't take from this funds. This is for everyone yeah. to buy everything for like boats and stuff. Sure. Rule number three: all all goods taken as booty has to be presented had to be presented. I was right for group inspection. So it has to actually be registered. It, right. And the group inspects the booty. Right. Before it's and it's like logged. submitted into the public fund of right. Booty. So if she caught anyone that was pocketing booty, she would have them probably beheaded. Right. <clears throat> and <laughs> on then, the spot. On the spot. On the spot. <laughs> She's right on the deck. Rule number four: actual money. So if they couldn't stuff booty, which would be like jewels or jewelry or whatever. There's a difference. Yeah, money. They like actual. I thought gold was included in paper booty. coins and stuff like that. Pa- not okay. paper coins, paper and coin money uh, okay. would be turned over to her directly. And then she would give it to supply the weaker ships. So that was her main four rules. Then she had some specialty rules. This is what's the, the kind of feminist empowerment mm-hmm. side of her. Uh, she had special rules for women. So her standard was always to release women if they ever had to capture people from a village or whatever. Uh, but she would, she would allow her pirates to marry women only under the condition that they respected them and were faithful. 
And if there were any acts of rape or even just infidelity, that would result in an immediate execution. So she right. she was totally against if there was any, I mean, even if you just cheated on your wife, she would kill you. Um, so the, the pirates were very, very respectful of this law because they feared her so intensely. Because you'd be beheaded on the spot. Yeah. yeah and also, I don't know, she really groomed a, a pretty... <laughs> I don't know, weirdly respectful group of men that also stole from villages. Uh, But to be fair, they didn't really steal from the poor. They were stealing from like giant ships and from, you know, the British empire and all of these. Right. So, so the red flag flea at this point was in full control of South, the South China sea, uh, which led to the King dynasty to go into a naval war against her in 1808. So this is what I was kind of referencing earlier. Now she's going to war against the Chinese government. And uh, she won. (laughs) She won because at this this point, her crew was 18,000 pirates strong. Oh, my God. Yeah. So she and they were they always lived on the sea. They never really were on land. So she was so familiar with naval warfare. Got her sea legs. Yeah. Yeah. That's wild. <clears throat> yeah, unbelievable. She beat all of China's navy? Yeah, so she's just, she was so unstoppable up at this point. But then after several years, uh, you know, of success and just dominance, uh, Zheng Xi and the Red Flag Fleet was starting to collapse. They were being attacked by everyone. They were being attacked by the British, the Portuguese, the Chinese government, and a bunch of other pirates around the area. And it just became a little bit unstable after all of these attacks at the same time. Mm. And so rather than ending it in this giant bloody war, she decided to make a deal with the King dynasty that would grant her and her entire crew, with the exception of about a hundred pirates of her 18,000 uh, amnesty. So she, <laughs> she made a deal because her thing was, well, we can go to war, but we'll probably like so thousands and thousands of people right. are going to die. Or the red flags will get even more red. Right. Or we can just stop all of this and you can just let us not get in trouble. And so okay. they were basically let her After go. They already murdered the entire Chinese right. fleet. Okay. Right. But the, the best catch to it all was that even after they gave them amnesty, uh, they allowed her to keep 100% of the riches she made. And she didn't split it. She, <laughs> they didn't take any of No, it? they didn't get the money back. That was part of her agreement, her deal. She oh my said, goodness. all right. We'll stop on the condition that I'm a free woman and I get to keep all the money. And I keep 100%. And she didn't give any to her crew. She kept it all. Like, personally, she kept oh. all the booty. So, you know, <laughs> after the fall of her pirate dynasty, uh, oh. she moved her family back to Canton, China. And that was her hometown, of course. And then mm-hmm. when she got there with all her money, she opened up a casino <laughs> and a brothel. And, was it a floating uh, casino? No, there? it wasn't. It's. But <laughs> what's interesting is that they're actually still there. I didn't get the name of it, but they still exist in China and are. They st- still open. They're still run by her descendants. No. From what I understand, way. Uh, at least the casino is, and I think there's a few other ones that opened up uh, under her from her family's reign, which is pretty crazy. Huh. And what's interesting is that her brothel is actually designed to protect women, to maximize their pay and protection. So they're actually very like high-end prostitutes um, who are like, they. if you're going to go in there and have sex with them, there's a lot of guidelines and they're very expensive. So they're paid well and protected very well by her and her, and her group. So it, I thought that was kind of interesting that she had 
a brothel that she used to work in and that, you know, she right, must've been treated. Like, yeah. It came full circle. She ended up there and uh, she did a lot for women. I mean, she might've been a thief and kind of a, I don't know. I guess you could call her a Robin Hood of sorts, but she definitely did a lot of good. But for, she didn't, she, it's not like she gave it away though. It's no. Not, I don't think Robin Hood would be. No. Yeah. I go. Like, yeah. I wouldn't <laughs> call her right. a good person. No, she stole from the rich and kept 100% of her riches. <laughs> and then, on threat of And killed anyone war. that challenged yeah. her. Yeah. Right. But hey, she, she, she could have been a lot worse, I guess. <laughs> but she was, she was a strong authority figure and you right. can. You can draw from that. She was pretty good with her power, I would say. Mm-hmm. And so then there we are at eighteen eighty or eighteen forty four, rather. Uh, she was surrounded by her family good year. at the age of sixty nine. <laughs> nice. She, <laughs> uh, that's when she passed away. Jing Shi passed oh, away. Not a good year. Though. No, not a good year for her. And Who that, got her hundred percent of the riches? Uh, her kids inherited the rest of her wealth, and that's why her descendants to this day still have a lot of her wealth and the family and own a bunch of casinos in that area. <laughs> they really built it up, which is, is crazy. That's I mean, all, that's pretty sweet. It's pirate money. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so that's the story of, uh, of <laughs> Zhang Shi. <laughs> Zhang Shi was born into poverty, a young girl under the reign of a repressive dynasty. She fought for her life and worked as a prostitute, growing her notoriety. She manipulated her way into controlling the world's most powerful pirate fleet and defeated multiple armies in a naval war. She died as one of the richest women in China's history, known as a Robin Hood in her community and feminist protecting women around the world. I hope you all enjoyed this first uh, edition of Unsung. It's been fun for us, I think. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, our next episode what day are we posting the next episode uh should we do them on tuesdays well absolutely or tuesday oh drop uh drop two on tuesday drop two on tuesday fair drop two on tuesday okay well if you're gonna listen to episode two which dropped also today uh we will be covering the story of i won't say who but you can see the title (laughs) 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 Uh, classic the story of a man who probably defeated more crime than any person in history uh, single-handedly and yeah it's a really exciting tale and i'm excited to share it yes sweet yes all right gucci gang gucci gang gucci gang gucci gang gucci gang thanks for listening to unsung (laughs) we'll be back next week with two new stories on tuesday that's two stories on tuesday are we gonna do that every time (laughs) unsung is researched and written by ryan muskin and production and original music is by levi rainey that's me i did it who did the costume design costume design was lady gaga of course (laughs) every time if you're bored and you want to check out another podcast, we highly recommend from 1212 Media and the creators of Unsung, Lucidity. <laughs> That's L-U-C-I-D-I-T-Y. That's fun to say. L-U-C-I-D-I-T-Y. Ooh. It's nice. It's good. It's not bad. I mean, it's not horrible. Mm. It's old, though. It's from 2016. Oh. Pre-Trump. I forgot to press record. Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, uh. <laughs> All right, well, (laughs) take care. (laughs) Take care. See you next time.